Today on the Matt Wall Show, big tech is in the middle of a massive purge of conservatives. It's worse now than it's ever been before. And the new Democrat administration hasn't even officially taken over yet. So how bad is it going to get? Also, five headlines, including AOC claiming that half of Congress nearly died when the Capitol was stormed on Wednesday. And in our daily cancellation, we have an example. We have a, a real example of actual systemic racism. We can see what it's really like, what it really looks like, courtesy of Joe Biden. All of that and more today on the Matt Wall Show. Well, before we get going today, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Charity Mobile. You know, with everything happening in the world today, especially now, uh, it's never been more important for us to find the companies that support us as conservatives and and uh, support our values and to support them, you know, because it's a, it's, a, it's a sort of a mutual relationship here. And that's what Charity Mobile is. Um, one company that fits the description as a, as a company that supports our values is Charity Mobile because they're the pro-life phone company. And the reason they're the pro-life phone company is that 5% of your monthly plan price with Charity Mobile goes to the pro-life, pro-family charity of your choice. And that's the financial piece of it. And that's really important because that's a lot of money that's going to the fight for life and the culture. But what that also just tells you is that is that this is a, a company whose values line up with our own and you could feel proud to you know be a customer of a, of a, of a company like that. Um, a lot of other perks as well. New activations and eligible accounts get a free cell phone with free activation and free shipping. Uh, there are no contracts. There's no termination fees. There's a, you get a 30-day guarantee, so there's no risk either. Um, and if you have any issues whatsoever, they've got live customer service based right here in the USA, which is great also. And uh, you, know, you want to be able to protect your kids if they have a cell phone. So that you've got the ability to block the use of cellular data, picture messages, text messages on any or all of your accounts. You have that kind of control over it. Uh, they're going to give you a free app to monitor your usage, pay your bills, and whatever else you need to do. Makes it a lot easier. And all the while, you're helping to build a culture of life in America while supporting a pro-life phone company at the same time. Here's what you need to do. Call Charity Mobile at 1-877-474-3662 or chat with them online at charitymobile.com. You may remember back in 2012, two gay men visited a small bakery in Lakewood, Colorado, asking for a cake for their upcoming wedding ceremony. The owner of the shop, Jack Phillips, politely informed them that he couldn't provide a custom wedding cake for a gay wedding due to his Christian beliefs, but he offered to sell them any other baked good in stock. The couple left. They didn't want anything else, and they promptly filed a human rights complaint with the Colorado Civil Rights Commission, which sided with the gay men and ordered Phillips to bake the cake, pay the fine, and attend mandatory anti-discrimination training for himself and all of his staff. Phillips appealed the decision, and the ensuing six years were a nightmare of litigation, fines, and court cases for him culminating in arguments presented to the Supreme Court. But even after the Supreme Court sided with Phillips and chastised the Civil Rights Commission for its overreach, still the LGBT lobby would not leave the matter alone. A few years later, Phillips was in court yet again for declining to make another cake, this time a cake meant to honor a man's transition into a woman a request made by a trans activist who was clearly looking for an excuse to sue, by the way, and found it. Now, through all of this, the media, the Democrat Party, and the left generally have been nearly unanimous in their position that Jack Phillips is guilty of unspeakable human rights violations and that he should not have the right to refuse service to anyone on account of his own personal convictions. They've argued stridently for years that allowing a man like Phillips to decline to make a custom wedding cake for a gay wedding, even though he was willing again to sell them any pre-made item in the store. He wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't turning them down. He wasn't refusing them service. He just said this one particular service, I can't 
give you for this act, for this particular event. But they said that that would lead to the alienation and ostracization of certain groups of people, and that such an outcome is untenable in society. The same things have been said about florists who don't want to provide flowers for gay weddings and t-shirt companies that don't want to make t-shirts for gay pride parades, etc. In all of these cases, the left has absolutely rejected the freedom of association and free enterprise arguments and insisted that for the sake of the greater good, business owners sometimes have to be forced to provide services they don't want to provide. Now, this is all important background when we consider recent actions by the most powerful big tech companies in the world. Using the riot on Capitol Hill as an excuse to do something that they were almost certainly going to do anyway, Twitter last week, as I'm sure you heard, permanently banned Donald Trump. That is, the sitting president of the United States banned him from their platforms. Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, all announced similar measures. Reddit got into the act, banned uh, the subreddit dedicated to Trump. That's out too. At the same time, Twitter embarked on what appears to be a, a massive purge of conservative accounts as conservatives with, with, with large followings experienced significant drops in their follower counts um, starting last week and going into this week. I lost around 25,000 followers in the span of two days, which doesn't come close to winning the prize for the steepest fall. And the point isn't that we're upset that we lost followers. The point is that that represents 25,000 accounts, for me anyway, that were wiped out. So this is not the first time that these companies have teamed up to purge and punish the cultural heretics. Usually when these things happen, those on the left will sneer that, you know, we conservatives should, should just suck it up and make our own social media sites though, so that we can engage in wrong think out of view and away from polite society. As it happens, some conservatives have done exactly that with sites like Parler. And Parler at first experienced a dramatic surge in traffic this past week as conservative refugees from other sites poured in um, and set up accounts on, on their platform. But then the next shoe drops. Amazon, Apple, and Google announced that they're going to be banning Parler from their servers and app stores. Parler CEO John Matzi said that all of the site's vendors, every single one, including text message services, email providers, even their lawyers, abandoned them all at once on the same day, all at one time. And now Parler is down. If you try to go there now, it's down. And it's going to be down for the foreseeable future. Will it ever be up again? We don't know. They have to figure out a way to exist on the internet while being blacklisted by Apple, Amazon, and Google. That is a very difficult, if not impossible, thing to pull off, especially if you don't have massive financial resources. The stated reason for this move against Parler is that somehow, in an unspecified way, Parler is violating unclear rules against violence and illegal activity and incitement and obscene content. But it goes without saying that none of these companies have ever cracked down, ever, on users who celebrated or encouraged the BLM riots, nor have Apple, Google, or Amazon punished any social media sites that play host to such content. And as for illegal activity, I mean, come on, you can find plenty of that on apps that are still available on these platforms. Many murders and rapes have been linked to hookup apps like Grindr and Tinder. And yet again, there has been no crackdown on such a large scale or even on a smaller scale. The reasons given do not hold up to the slightest scrutiny. The truth then is painfully obvious. 
the wealthiest and most powerful companies in the world have engaged in a coordinated campaign to silence ideologically dissenting voices and drive them from the public square. That's what's happening. The people who sit by and watch this approvingly, applauding the purge, calling for more of it, are the exact same people who have issued many ominous warnings about the dire consequences of allowing a small bakery in Colorado to decline to make a customized cake for a, for a gay wedding. Somehow, they argue, gay couples who might have to drive a mile down to the road to a different cake shop in the same town to get a customized pastry are being saddled with a, a customized pastry are being saddled with a traumatizing burden. And if we don't impose harsh legal penalties on the bakery that refuse them, we risk the eventual exclusion of all gay people from modern society. That's what they say. Yet, they continue, there is no such risk and no imaginable problem with allowing multi-billion dollar tech companies to collaborate with each other to expel politically inconvenient voices and relegate them permanently to the backwaters and ghettos of the internet. They, they do not believe that the small town bakery has any claim to freedom of association or free enterprise. But they will happily afford those considerations to the billion-dollar conglomerates who control almost every aspect of our lives. And these are also the people who usually tell us about the evil corporations and how terrible they are. This is all, of course, completely backwards. And it, it could only be so backwards because the people who hold this backwards view are not worried about intellectual consistency and are not bothered by their own lack of integrity. And they don't care if you notice it either. In reality, there is no significant downside, no serious consequence to a small business owner in middle, middle America somewhere choosing not to provide a service for a ceremony he opposes for religious reasons. At most, on the part of the spurned customer, it amounts to mildly hurt feelings and a minor inconvenience as they again just have to get in a car, just drive right down the street to a different bakery, same exact thing, the cake will be just as good. There are, however, cataclysmic downsides and outright dystopian consequences to allowing the companies that essentially control the entire internet to engage in coordinated ideological discrimination on this scale. And the other difference between these two situations is that a bakery is merely a bakery. It's a small private business and nothing more. But what about Facebook and Twitter? What, what are they? We don't even know. Are they platforms? Are they publishers? Are they utilities? Are they all of those things? The answer to that question determines whether they have the right to do what they're doing. And if they do currently have the legal right, the next question is whether they ought to have that right and whether laws should be changed so that they don't have it. I cannot see how any rational and honest person could possibly argue that the bakery doesn't and shouldn't have the right to decline one form of service to one customer Yet the big tech monopolies do and should have the right to ban millions from all of their services, effectively muting their voices in the public sphere and excluding them from the national conversation. That doesn't make any sense. Now, there is a purist libertarian argument that defends both the big tech monopoly and the bakery on an equal basis. But that's not the argument that most of the people defending big tech in this case are making. And also, I think it's a bad argument anyway. Big tech is in a class by itself because of the stranglehold it has on all of our lives, whether we like it or not. You know, the, the question is not whether they should be allowed to inconvenience us or bruise our egos or hurt our feelings. 
It's whether they should be allowed to control us, censor us, and rule us. The bakery is not going to rule over us. The bakery has no control over our lives at all. Utterly powerless. That's not the case for big tech. And the answer to whether or not they should be allowed to control us, censor us, and rule us is no, they should not. They should be reined in. They should be held to basic standards of ethics, fairness, and transparency. But unfortunately, the next part of the answer is that though they shouldn't be allowed to do what they're doing, they have been allowed to do it. And Trump and the GOP didn't do anything to prevent it when they had the power to prevent it. So this is where we are now. And it's not going to stop. The left cannot win based solely on its ideas. It cannot win through argument or advocacy. They know it. And that's why they're done with arguing against your ideas. Instead, it's very simple for them. They'll just ensure that your ideas are not heard in the first place. Now let's get to our five headlines. Uh, you know, big, big football weekend, by the way. And more, more positive news and lighter news, big football weekend. I feel kind of bad being um, happy this morning after the Titans lost because I, you know, it just moved to, to Nashville. So I'm a, I'm a Tennessee resident now, but I'm also a big Ravens fan. So big, uh, big matchup between the Titans and Ravens yesterday. Ravens win. I feel great about it. The, the rest of the town, they're all in mourning in tears and I'm just skipping merrily. I, I skipped to work today, merrily whistling and singing. That's how happy I was. And it's, it's, it's bad too, because it's, uh, you know, these are two teams that don't like each other and, at the end of the game, the Ravens, uh, Marcus Peters got an interception to seal the deal. And then they went to the middle of their, they're playing in Nashville. They went to the middle of the stadium on the, the Tennessee Titans logo and just started dancing and stomping on it. Which, in fairness, the, the, the Titans did it first because the Titans played the Ravens in Baltimore earlier in the season, did the exact same thing. Now, usually I wouldn't accept that excuse from my kids. They did it first, but in this case, I accept it because I'm a Ravens fan and I kind of love seeing it. Also, it's football, and that's just the way these things should go. I, you know, I, I don't believe in you know, the teams shaking hands and they pretend to be friends. No, you should hate each other when you're on the football field. That's how I feel. Uh, but that was great. We, we have more on, on, uh, on football weekend and in, in, uh, coming up a little bit later in the five headlines. But let's start with this. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was on ABC this weekend and um, made some rather dubious claims about the Capitol Hill riots and the, the, uh, the danger that she says she was in. Let's, let's take a listen to this. Republican members of Congress who opposed uh, raising objections to the certifying the Electoral College vote have written a letter to President-elect Biden opposing impeachment. Here's what the letter says. It says, in the spirit of healing and fidelity to our Constitution, we ask that you formally request that Speaker Nancy Pelosi discontinue her efforts to impeach President Donald J. Trump a second time. A second impeachment only days before President Trump will leave office is as unnecessary as it is inflammatory. They're saying for the sake of unity, forego impeachment. Well, you know, I think there's a couple of things. One is we have to understand that what happened on Wednesday was insurrection against the United States. That is what that is what Donald J. Trump engaged in, and that is what those who stormed the Capitol engaged in. And so when we talk about healing, the process of healing 
is separate and in fact requires accountability. And so if we allow insurrection against the United States with impunity, with no accountability, we are inviting it to happen again. That is how serious it is. And I do not believe that that perhaps my colleagues weren't in that room. Perhaps my colleagues were not fully present for the events on Wednesday, but half of we came close to half of the house nearly dying on Wednesday. Oh, you did. Half of the house nearly dying. Half. Really, that's what we came close to. And she, she has no, the phoniness here, of course, is off the charts across the board with everything she said. Um, and the idea that, that half of the house almost died is, is, she has no basis for saying that. But then again, this is the woman to remember. If you're, if you're, you shouldn't be surprised to see drama and hyperbole from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. This is the woman who went down to the border and if you remember, a couple of years ago, uh, t- took t- took pictures of herself pretending to cry outside of a uh, an immigrant detention center. Actually, she wasn't even outside of the detention center. She was outside of a parking lot. She took pictures of herself outside of an empty parking lot, posing as if she was in tears. So keep that in mind. That, that's, that's who this is coming from. But everything else about this was insurrection, insurrection. Even if it was, okay, uh, I'm not even arguing about what label we, we put on it, whether it was or wasn't. I don't believe for a second that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or any of the other Democrats actually care about insurrection in principle because they certainly didn't care. But leftist radicals set up their own country in the middle of, a, of an American city for months and were allowed to do it. And we all just went about our day and said, okay, well, that's something you can do now, apparently. They set up their own sovereign country, said they were seceding from the union, had their own country in the middle of the city. Is that not insurrection? Or as I pointed out many times last week, invading a police station and burning it to the ground. It's a government building that's an attack on law enforcement. Is that insurrection? She didn't care about that. And speaking of, of pretending to care about things, it has, it has, it's very difficult for me to hear people like this, um, or, or Democrats generally, as they have been in the media um, over the last several days, has, pretend, has been pretending to mourn the death of Officer Sicknick, who is uh, the officer who, who died during the, uh, during the Capitol Hill riot. Now, I mourn for, for the officer and for his family, and I'm devastated that he died. I'm infuriated by, by his loss. Now, it, it's, also, it's also not yet clear. It's not exactly c- clear yet how he died. There's a lot of information we haven't been given. And as far as I know, the, the, the images of, of his interactions with the crowd, whatever happened at that incident, we, we haven't seen any image of, we haven't seen any video, we haven't seen any photograph as far as I know. And I've looked. Um, maybe there isn't any image, but that would be hard to believe these days. So it's not exactly clear what happened. But, or how it happened. You know, they haven't given us all the information yet. But however it happened, it's a terrible tragedy because we know that an officer died. Yet, now you have Democrats in the media talking about Officer Sicknick and how terrible it is and what a tragedy it is. And it is terrible. It is a tragedy. I just don't believe that they give the slightest damn about him. And the reason for that is that this is the only dead cop that these people have ever mourned, ever. Prove me wrong. 
Find me another example. Because there, unfortunately, have been a lot of dead police officers through, through history, and especially this past year. A lot of police officers were physically assaulted. Police officers would beat over the head with bricks during BLM riots. We got, we got video in New York, police officer getting beat over the head with a brick. The only reason he didn't die, he didn't die, thank God. It's not for lack of trying, though. We, we don't give BLM credit because, well, they tried to kill a bunch of cops, but they failed. You don't get credit for that. It's, it, is, it is the rest of society's great fortune that he's still alive, but you tried to kill him. But anyway, do you remember, did, did Alexandria Ocasio credit, did any Democrat, when that video came out in, in New York of, of the cop getting beat over the head with a brick, how many Democrats, how many people in the media condemned it? Did any of them? So I don't believe it. They don't really care. You know, pretending to be upset that uh, the, the flag wasn't put at half-mast outside the White House right away. Once again, I think the flag should be at half-mast, and now it is. I think it should have been at half-mast right away. Do they actually give a damn, though, about that? No, they don't. Absolutely full of it. Um, speaking of being full of it, number two, big news from Colin Powell. He is uh, leaving the Republican Party again. I think this is his fifth time leaving. He's gone for the Guinness record, which is eight, I believe. I got to check again. But here's Colin Powell leaving the Republican Party again. And that's why I can no longer call myself a fellow Republican. You know, I'm not a fellow of anything right now. I'm just a citizen who has voted Republican, voted Democrat throughout my entire career. I would hope that the Republican Party, as they're moving away from this fellow who's no longer the president, I hope they would not let him back into the camp so he could demonstrate or say that, oh, I'm still here. I'm going to do it all. No, you're not. You're out. And act like you're out. Okay. Yeah. So another, another time. This was, I, this was news the first time he did it back in like 2008 or seven or eight or whenever it was. But Colin Powell's this guy now. He's one, he's one of many guys that, um, that the, the media has on tap. Where they, they just bring him in every few months to leave the Republican Party. If they need a guy to leave the Republican Party, they just bring Colin Powell in again. Just one of those guys that they have do that. And we've seen this a lot over the last four years. Um, people performatively denouncing and leaving the Republican Party over and over again. I mean, it's one thing to do it once. If you're leaving, you're leaving. Fine. But to keep on doing it. And, and uh, at a certain point, it's like, well, you've already left. So what does this mean? It's kind of like it's in the same vein as when the left boycotts a company that they would never use in the first place. A store they never go to, they boycott, like a hardware store. They're going to boycott a hardware store. You know, they don't even know what a screwdriver looks like. Except the kind that you, you know, get at a bar. Um, so that, that's, that's the, the first thing. And the other thing is, let's pretend this was Colin Powell's first time that he's leaving the Republican Party. Or anybody else. You know, people in the administration who are resigning in protest. or you know, Some of the people that have come out in the last week and said, I'm done with this. Um, that, that's not really worth anything because whatever you think of Trump and how he's acted, he's, he's, he's been Trump the whole time, right? So this is, this is, this is who Trump's been. And if you're just deciding right now, when it happens to be the end of his administration, that now you're going to come out and make your big stand. Um, yeah, I'm not very impressed. I have to say. Talk about it. It is like the emptiest of empty gestures imaginable. 
All right, number three, Brian Stelter on CNN wants you to know that the big tech purge is really no big deal. No big deal at all. Don't worry about it. Here's uh, Brian Stelter's argument. But it doesn't get much more shameful than this. White House aides talking about a narrative shift. Trump advisors saying they want people to talk about big technology and not the riot. You know what? I I have had enough of of this talk that they can try to change the narrative, that they can try to divert attention. How about focusing on the funerals? How about focusing on the fact that this president hasn't even had the flags in Washington lowered to half staff in respect for the Capitol police officer who was killed, who was attacked? How about that? How about some focus on that? You know, I I think what's clear, Victor and Christy, in the last couple of days, we've seen more and more videos of the riot from different angles. Uh, visuals that we didn't see live on Wednesday. It's become more and more clear this attack was even more violent than we saw live on TV. This was even more treacherous. Trump's behavior was even more disturbing than we knew in real time. Uh, We were minutes away from a possible massacre of lawmakers in, in our country, in our in our seat of government. And and I you know, I actually think as the days go on and people process this trauma and we see more and more of these videos. This story becomes bigger and it becomes worse. So good luck, Mr. President. Talk about big technology. I'm sure that his super fans, the most loyal of his fans, will go along with that petty attempt at a diversion. But I think the vast majority of Americans will see through it. How do people watch this guy on purpose? Every time I see a clip like this, I can barely get through it. Imagine there, I I guess there are people who sit down on their couch, like on a, I don't know when his show airs, but on a Saturday, and they say, I'm going to spend an hour watching this guy? My God. Now, I mean, we, we know that that 90% of CNN, CNN's audience are people in, you know, dentist waiting rooms and airports, so maybe that accounts for all of it, but I just can't imagine it or understand why. But in any case, he, he's worried about uh, changing the narrative or distracting from the real story. Yeah, we know, we know Brian Stelter and CNN, they're really worried about that. These these are the people we recall who, you know, spent um, months and months telling us about the coronavirus and how it's the worst plague in history and we're all going to die. And then and then at the, at the drop of a hat, they just dropped that and uh, were cheering on mass rioting for months on end. And then when the mass rioting ended, they picked right back up with the coronavirus again. But, yeah, they're they're concerned about changing. We don't want to change the narrative too much. Sure. Number four, uh, the news last week was that President Trump will not be attending the inauguration, which, you know, in every sense to me, it, it seems like like it's probably for the best. Isn't isn't it for the best? Isn't isn't it best for everybody involved? Trump, Biden, the country, if Trump just isn't there. But CNN thinks it's disgusting. They're very offended by it. And I think the no, I, I know the real reason why they're upset. And I'll talk about that in a second. But here, here it is. The president already had as a parting shot an alleged incitement to a deadly riot. And now he will add one more 12 days from now by denying that step that presidents have done since the mid-19th century, attending their successor's inauguration. Tell us the significance of this to his legacy. What remains of it? Well, he's absolutely a sore loser, isn't he, Jim? And you contrast what what he said last night uh, and it just proves how false those words were last night mm. in that in that video it, it was a friend told me it looked like a hostage video 
uh, that uh, you know he was forced <laughs> he was forced to make those statements, and he put, sent out tweets today that make it clear he didn't really believe what he was saying. Uh, and I think for him not to come is is, the, uh, is an ultimate insult. You know, there are a lot of people who are going to be glad he's not there uh, because he would distract a lot of attention. It would be a lot about the Biden Trump dynamic on the, yeah. on stage, and we'll be spared that at least. But nonetheless, this is wrong. Um, and if we're going to heal the country, uh, we have to. Trump has to play a part in that and bring his base around. And to say we're going to be part of the normal politics, and when we lose, we lose, but we'll try to take it back next time. I just, it would be so much better for the country. Mm-hmm. I think this is, you know, he's just so insulting in so many ways, yeah. uh, and such a crybaby. It's just uh, disgusting. It's funny he says crybaby at the end of that, after he just was crying for, for 90 seconds. It's so disgusting. It's so disappointing. I'm just so, I'm so offended by it. And he even acknowledges that it's probably for the better. Because that's exactly right. What he said, if, if Trump is there, all we're going to hear about and all they're going to cover is the dynamic between the two. And all of the shots are going to be on Trump. It, it'll be uh, Biden's inauguration, but it would be all about Trump because if Trump is there anyway, it's always going to be all about Trump, um, especially as far as the mass media is concerned. So they say it's so this was the right move. By Trump. And I can guarantee you it's what it's also what, by the way, Biden probably prefers. So what, why are they upset that he's not there? It's not because it's disgusting and insulting. We all know it's for the best. Well, the answer is just that they want, they, if he's not there, then that gives them less to talk about, less to cover. They want that controversy. That's what they want. It, Trump being Biden's inauguration by itself, who cares? Who's going to tune in to watch Biden's inauguration? Nobody gives a damn. Biden's inauguration with Trump there, now that's a ratings bonanza. Everybody's going to tune. I would tune in just to see how that plays out. So that's what they're, that is what they're upset about. What they are disgusted by is that Trump has just denied them the ratings that they would have gotten. That's what this is all about. All right. So NFL playoffs this week, as already mentioned, um, some really great football games. Also something a little strange, a little different, Nickelodeon hosted its first playoff game. Um, the idea was to get the kids into football, I guess. So they put they put the games on Nickelodeon too, and, or at least one of the games they put on. Um, Saints and, and, uh, and Bears game they put on Nickelodeon. And they added new features like virtual slime and cartoon graphics and all kinds of stuff. And this is real. They really did this. So let's play. We have some of the footage here. Let's just play this, see what this looked like. Uh, Brennan Stimpy. Yes, exactly. Braves lost the football. Oh, it's brought down. Another turnover right Hill. there. John Jenkins in the breadbasket. Bear hugs it, and the Bears are in business. Big celebration on the field. Now, oh, yeah. Nate, when you were back uh, playing football, how yeah. did you come up with the perfect touchdown dance? What did that feel like? I used to practice in the mirror the night before the game. So, <laughs> Gabby, I really oh! Oh! We have the cartoon slime. I just want to see what, what happens in the touchdown. Here it is. I think this is the touchdown. Yep. And then the cartoon slime. Okay, so that's that's what that looked like. And you had you know you had different. The announcers were a little bit different. Um, they had a woman in the in the in the announcing booth. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but uh, there was the Nickelodeon thing. It actually wasn't. I, I watched a little bit of that. And I, so, I, I sort of wanted to hate it, but 
I thought, well, this is kind of cool. I don't know. I'm, I'll, I'll be okay with it. It's obnoxious, but I'm fine with it. My real problem, if I'm looking for something to have a problem with, here it is. Uh, my real problem is, is with this, that, that Nickelodeon viewers, you know, the kids watching, um, they got to vote on their own MVP candidate, which they, they're calling the NVP, the Nickelodeon's valuable player. And they gave it to Mitch Trubisky, who's the quarterback of the Bears. The Bears lost 21-9 to in the game. Trubisky went 19 for 29, passing for 199 yards, one touchdown. Not terrible, um, especially by his standards, but is it MVP worthy? And this is the problem with kids today. First of all, they don't know a damn thing about football, okay? My seven-year-old son voted for Mitch Trubisky. And I said to him, you obviously have no idea what the hell you're talking about. Drew Brees had 265 yards, 70% completion rate, two touchdowns, a QBR of 107, and he won the game. And, and you're going to vote for Mitch Trubisky? Go to your room. You're grounded. This is the problem with kids. First of all, clueless about the facts. Second, guided by emotions rather than data and evidence. They felt sorry for Trubisky, so they gave him the award. Pitiful is what I say. But anyway, congratulations to Mitch Trubisky. This is the only, this, this is the only football-related honor he will ever win. And uh, so I say maybe we should just let him have his day in the sun. Before we get to our daily cancellation, you know, one thing that historically I have struggled with in my life is uh, not getting great sleep, kind of insomnia, being very uncomfortable at night. And recently, though, um, ever since I got a MyPillow and I've, and I've been working with MyPillow, that has not been a problem with me. I'm telling you, the best sleep you'll ever get is with a MyPillow. And it's great for me because I sleep very soundly. I sleep like a baby. Um, it, my wife, you know, it's, it's a little bit harder for her sometimes because that means like if the kids are crying in the middle of the night, she's the one who wakes up and hears it, but I'm doing great because I'm comfortable. So I can only endorse my pillow. The thing about my pillows, their pillows don't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want and they maintain their shape. And best of all, they're made right here in the USA. If you don't have a MyPillow or you know someone who doesn't have one, now's the time because for a limited time, Mike is offering his premium MyPillows the ones that started it all, you know, the, the, the classic MyPillows for as low as price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow, which is normally $69.98 for only $29.98. Okay, that's the deal. It's 40 bucks in savings. It's over 50% off. Uh, and Kings are only 5 bucks more. Now's the time to buy. If you want to try out the MyPillow, see what everyone's been talking about, then do it right now. $29.98 for a queen-size premium MyPillow. Um, and I can tell you, my it, this, is, this is the truth. I use a MyPillow every single night. And um, it, it has solved all of my pillow problems, which I didn't even know I had pillow problems until I got a MyPillow. So go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square. Um, there you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. All great. Um, you can get those. Or you can call 800-651-1148 and use promo code DAILYWIRE. Well... Something else to talk, talk about um, briefly, and this is obviously already spent the first part of the show talking about this, uh, censorship from big tech. The actions of big tech last week made it very clear that they will do everything they can to silence opposing voices. Um, I mean, remember, they, th this, is, this is beyond even maybe what, what some of us, this is beyond some people's worst nightmares for what would happen you know, this quickly, where, where they're uh, not only driving people away from the big platforms, but then trying to take down the platforms where the conservatives then go and congregate, like Parler. That's what they're doing now. Um, we've already told you. For us and our platform at DailyWire.com, we've told you about our ambitious plans with investigative news and entertainment content. 
But with the actions of big tech last week, it's pretty clear that we can't stop there. Um, it's clear that we need to do a lot more than that. We have to take action to build or buy tech to protect ourselves from the attack that's coming so that we can continue to deliver new content to you and we can also fight back. And so that we, we all have this, us and you as the, uh, as the audience, we have this place to come and congregate. Um, we're exploring all possibilities. So new data centers, payment gateways, a lot more. There's, there's tons that can be done. Um, and our team has been working hard on all of this. I know that they were up all weekend working on this, but we can't do all that on our current budget. That's just the reality. We need more of your support. So just, just to give you some of the numbers here so that you understand, we're being totally transparent. There are 50 million of you that we reach every single month. In the first phase, we need 1 million members to take on this fight. And so 50 million of the people in our audience, we need to convert, you know, a, a small fraction of that uh, into members. New York Times has over 7 million paying subscribers. WAPO has 3 million subscribers. Uh, HBO Max has 13 million. Netflix has 73 million. So you, have, you see how powerful they are. If you think all these companies need a challenger, then we need your membership. Uh, if you believe in what we've done so far, if you like our content, if you rely on it, then we need you to step up and help us win. Because the other, the other thing is, you, you, you know, if, you, if you access our content through Facebook or YouTube or Twitter or something like that, that's great. But what we know is that you, you cannot rely on those platforms to facilitate um, us coming together. That, that's, that might not happen for very long. You could get banned. We could get banned. We all could get banned at any moment. And that's why before that happens, uh, we need to build up this platform to everything that it needs to be. If you think your freedoms are at stake and that the future of the country depends on this fight, then, I mean, you're right. Now is your chance to do something about it. Join Daily Wire right now. Uh, we don't know what they're going to hit us with next. Nobody saw really the last week coming, and it's, it's not going to get better from here. So that's why right now is the time to join Daily Wire, uh, to have a platform where we're not relying on these big tech oligarchs. Become a member at dailywire.com slash subscribe and tell all your friends to do the same again. Dailywire.com slash subscribe. Let's get now to our daily cancellation. So today, exciting news for Joe Biden as he's getting his first cancellation of his term. And his term hasn't even started yet. I expect there will be many occasions to cancel Biden in the years ahead during the course of the Harris administration. So um, I'll have to choose my spots a little bit. Can't cancel them all, unfortunately. But here's a spot definitely worth choosing. Joe Biden delivered a speech this weekend discussing his plans for coronavirus relief. And he wants to save American small businesses, he said, after spending. Now, he wants to save them after spending months supporting the policies that are destroying them. But here he is describing the plan and how the plan will be implemented. Listen. Focus will be on small businesses on Main Street that aren't wealthy and well-connected, that are facing real economic hardships through no fault of their own. Our priority will be black, Latino, Asian, and Native American-owned small businesses, women-owned businesses. And finally, having equal access to resources needed to reopen and rebuild. Okay, so he says his priority will be black, Latino, Asian, Native American, and women-owned businesses. Not just his personal priority, but the priority of his administration, his government, when, um, when helping these businesses out. There's a term for this. It's one we hear a lot. It's called systemic racism. If that term has any meaning at all, then this must be it. Let's look at it. Racism, dictionary definition, prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against a person or people on the basis of their particular membership in a, in a racial group. That's what this is. And it will be systemic in a literal sense. It will be discrimination by the system. Now, notice something here. 
He mentions black, Latino, Native American, women, and Asian business owners as the priority groups. This is a problem because, first of all, he said Latino instead of Latinx, which proves that he's transphobic. And speaking of which, he didn't specifically mention trans business owners as a priority or gay business owners or bi-gendered, polysexual, drag queen business owners, leaving me to assume that he hates all those people and is literally Hitler. What other explanation could there be? These are the rules now. But more to the point, the inclusion of Asians is telling. Because Asians do better than white people in this country, economically, financially. Their median household income is something like $20,000 higher. So this already is pretty good evidence that white privilege is a myth. You know, it's white privilege, but the people who do the best here aren't white. So that tears down that whole um, house of cards. It's also evidence that the prioritization of non-whites in Biden's plan has nothing to do with helping the disadvantaged despite how it's being sold, because that's what they'll tell us. They'll say, well, these are just the groups. It's not about the race. It's just that these are the groups who uh, are most disadvantaged. And so we're trying to help them out. Well, Asians are quite a bit less disadvantaged. They are more advantaged than whites. And yet they get the priority while white males are left in the dust. The real point for Biden and Harris is simply to punish white males. That's the point. He might as well have saved himself some time and some words especially as it's, it obviously strains him to speak words, so he could have saved that trouble, and just said, white males will get the short end of the stick. Or he could have said, we will make sure that white males don't get any help. Because that's the point. The point is who they aren't helping, not who they are helping. And this is what we can expect in the years ahead. The, the Harris administration, with Biden at its figurehead, as its figurehead, will be the most racist in modern American history. The left is long past hiding its racial bigotries. They blame white males for all the ills in the world today and through history, and now they intend to punish the villains. And the problem is that most conservatives, as usual, have been too afraid for years to meet this head on and call it what it is. They have believed what the left has told them, that either anti-white racism doesn't exist, or it's not a big deal, or that somehow it's racist in itself to call it out and oppose it. But that was nonsense. Always was is and was. We all know that, that, that if Donald Trump had ever given a speech where he announced a plan to give relief to business owners with priority to white males especially, can you imagine that? The entire country would lose its mind. Democrats would call for their third impeachment and there would be near unanimous agreement that his plan was racist. Nobody would disagree. It's no different here. We never should have allowed the left to pretend that racism is somehow different when directed at white males. But that's the lie that has cemented itself into our culture, the cancer that has metastasized. And we're going to see how bad it gets because they literally haven't even gotten started yet. But for now, Biden is canceled. So I'm doing my part at least. I don't know what the rest of you can do, but I will at least cancel him repeatedly. Hopefully that'll do something. Won't do anything, but helps me vent anyway. Helps me emotionally. Uh, and that's it. We'll leave it there for today. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Godspeed. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review. Also, tell your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're there. Also, 
Be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including the Ben Shapiro Show, the Michael Knowles Show, and the Andrew Clavin Show. Thanks for listening. The Matt Walsh Show is produced by Sean Hampton, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Production manager, Pavel Vodowski. The show is edited by Danny D'Amico. Our audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is done by Nika Geneva. And production assistant, McKenna Waters. The Matt Walsh Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. Today on The Ben Shapiro Show, all the tech platforms ban Trump and de-platform parlor. The purge has begun. Check it out on my show today. That is The Ben Shapiro Show. Thank you.